Red Bull have clean swept the first half of the season and a steamroll for Max Verstappen continues in Belgium. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 315. And if you'd like to see or hear more from us in your social feed, then why not give us a follow on our new social channels? We are on at Grid Talk UK, everywhere you can find the at symbol. I'm your host, Tom Horrocks, and today I'm joined by the same teams we were yesterday in uh, the Grid Talk co-host gang of Tom Downey. Hello. And Owen Medford. Hello. And now a word from today's sponsor. Again, it's, uh, it's betonline.ag. It is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right up to USC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favourite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to betonline.ag today. Be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I would say probably uh, one of the lesser, lesser action-packed Belgian Grand Prix we've had, but uh, still a decent race in, in the end. We saw some good overtakes all through the fields, a bit of action. Um, but uh, the, the big ticket item, I believe, has probably happened right at the start in, uh, in La Source is uh, the collision between Oscar Piastri and Carlos Sainz, Tom. So I'm going to come to you for, for your uh, opinion on this. Disappointing for both of them. What's your opinion on the collision and, and should there have been a penalty? Uh, yes, there should have been a penalty. If we're going to penalise Hamilton for yesterday, then I can't see why today is not penalised. I know you penalise the you don't penalise the outcome, you penalise the incident. But the incident here was we had a driver who was out of control and uh, in, in, and blocked off another driver whilst out of control, causing them irreparable damage and also in turn ruining his own race. Why Ferrari didn't pit signs, why they actually tried to persevere with it, I will never know. You know, they pitched them on lap 23, they should have pitched them on lap blinking three. But there we are, more just, more just uh, I don't know, hashtag just Ferrari things. Um, so... Yeah, no, for me, if yet again, it just highlights inconsistent inconsistencies from the FIA. Um, I felt for Piastri because he didn't do anything wrong, he braked early, he you know, you know, he had left himself braking and thinking room because we all know how tight the pinch is into La Source. Um, I did see someone online trying to blame it on Perez because Perez moved across quite aggressively, and I'm like, you know, I thought to myself, A, get a grip, and B, I don't even think you would try and blame Perez for that one time, although I suspect you'll give it a good go. Um, so yeah, you know, it was it was completely science's fault. You know, he um he he was actually getting flashbacks to Austin last year when Russell did the same thing to him. Um and then thought, do you know what I can do that? I'll give it a go. And then he did then he did exactly that, completely out of control. Um and yeah, it was a hundred percent hundred percent his fault. Um, Piastri had every right to be where he was. You know, he, you know, he, he he had made a better start, and you know, it's just it's just one of the it's one of the things of Spa is you know that first turn, the racing line come to the left, the drivers who start on the right, it just it happens. But it was Sainz's fault. Yeah, one thing we, I think we can all agree on. I think we all agree on that anyway. But uh, but even if we didn't agree on fault on science, you can certainly say that Oscar Piastri was the innocent party, whatever happened. So uh, no penalty as it was in the end. It did end both of their races. 
a real shame for for Piastri, but I'm sure he'll still look back on the weekend um, with with uh, positive uh, positive vibes, given that uh, he got his not podium but a second place finish in the sprint. But uh, a team that did, however, will not be looking back at this weekend with with any uh, joy whatsoever is Haas. Uh, a long first stint for Hulk Owen, and after starting from the pit lane, um, he saw him up in the points early, but again, quite an anonymous day from KMAG. But there was just, again, no points whatsoever for Haas at, at all over this weekend when we thought perhaps being a sprint, they might be able to get a couple of points from the sprint like last time out. Um, I, I'm sure they're going to be looking forward to the summer break now. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I just, as you say, they're in the points early on. Um, but then I think, you know, they decided to have a, an early lunch at, at Pirelli's, um, you know, and uh, and it just they ju- they just ate their tires. I mean, you saw. I think there was a, there was a shot that stuck out to me of um, I believe it was Magnussen. You know, he was being passed by uh, Joe at the time, I think, and he's leaving these big black elevens out of the source. Um, and you know, maybe that's just a bit of. Uh, him being a bit a bit a trigger happy on the throttle pedal, but um, yeah, no, they, but either way, you know, we've seen the similar thing when the tires go off the cliff, and particularly when the teams had no idea how the drives were going to perform. Um, you know, I think that I think they just had a massive degradation, and obviously Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg started from the pit lane, and the only places he's gained were because were because of science, so he can he can thank thank them for that. Um, well, apart from that, it was uh, n- absolutely nothing to write home about, and um, you know th- they've got a month, but I, I, I honestly don't see much, um, much way of them turning this around. Uh, yeah, it's it's le- yet another lackluster performance from Haas, and yet another lackluster season it seems as well. Just last year, the only reprieve in recent years for Haas of uh, having uh, a decent season. But another team that will be disappointed and looking forward to the summer break, uh, I, I think, although in recent races, their, their form has, ter- has been on a bit of an upturn in Williams. And there were times today where, where Albon was at least flirting with the points. But uh, in the end, P14 and P17, a bit of a disappointment for, for Williams, Tom? Yeah, I think they could have expected more today, to be honest. You know, we did kind of hype them up a bit yesterday, or certainly I did. Um, you know, looking at sort of the the tracks of that car suits or the characteristics of that car suits you know, you look at you know your monzas your silverstones you know your um uh your australias you know your Austrias, that that kind of thing you, you know sort, sort of like medium to high speed corners you know l- longer straights that that kind of thing yeah album was you know very quick down the camel straight and on the run out of the bus stop down to that source but as soon as he went to the middle sector um he was falling back like an absolute stone uh, so yeah, um, he he was running I think as high as about eighth or ninth at one point, um, but that was in the early stages. It became very apparent that the mediums were not lasting quite as long as some people thought. We saw more more stints than I expected on the softs. Um, I've seen Albon switch back to the softs, uh, and then just ultimately just he just didn't quite have the pace, and then and then you know uh, Loki Bear much the same. You know, he, he just he just sort of like fell backwards a bit. Um, th- they'll take positives away from it. You know, I think that one lap pace looked pretty decent, but you know, their, their race pace today was not what they would have been hoping for, I don't think. No, absolutely not. And uh, n- another pointless weekend, but they still remain tied on points with Haas, I believe. Uh, no, they're sorry, ahead of Haas, aren't they? They're, no, they are tied on points with Haas in seventh place. With, uh, with that better position finish from Albon, uh, keeping them ahead. Um, Alfa Romeo next up, and 
and you know, both stopping very early in the race. But uh, but Joe did seem to have a, a bit of pace in that final stint, Owen, but finishing 10 seconds behind Bottas. He's shown good spells this year, I think, but is is he under pressure in his sophomore year in Formula One, Joe, in your opinion? Um, and just how did how did Alpha get on today? I wouldn't say he's under pressure. I don't think he's vastly underperforming Bottas. And Bottas has been there, obviously, a, a, quite a while. It's Joe's second season in Formula One. So you would hope that he would be um, bedded in by now and so that he'd be able to pull out regular performances. But I can't really... I, I think there's maybe been a couple of times this year that he's outperformed Bottas um, in, on, in the race. But I can't... I couldn't say for certain when they it's, were. It's 8-4 eight, it's eight, in Bottas's favour in the race. Ah, so that's... I mean, he's not... In fairness, he's not exactly doing terribly there. Um, you know, the fact that he's outperforming, you know, you'd have to look at individual circumstances there, I think. But, um, you know, they finished sort of two by two, which is more than can be said for a number of other of other teams. Um, Ten seconds away probably is a little much. Um, but I, th- I think they, they, fairly, they had a fairly decent race. I mean, <laughs> this is probably one of their highest average finishes, I think. Um, I, so I can't. I, basically, I can't I can't level any massive criticisms at them. Um, if anything, I think it's one of their better performances. So, you know, I, I, as much as it's an uptick in form, I don't think I don't think we're going to see this continue unless they uh, unless they pull a blinder out for the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, it's it's okay. I just think it's it's but it's just it's just okay. Yeah, I think upgrades definitely needed for for Alfa Romeo in the in the second half of the season to try and pull themselves uh, a little bit clear, but uh, seemed to be on a bit of a downward spiral. But one team who did, hurrah! They scored a point. It's uh, it's Alfa Tori up next, Tom, and and um, one race. You know, Yuki on average is getting a, a P10 one in four races. Uh, he's got three so far this year. Somewhat lackluster race for Daniel Ricciardo, though. Stuck in traffic, stuck in a DRS train, going backwards. Strange pit stop strategy seemed to be just. Just it just seemed to be constantly being overtaken by people. Um, bit of a bit of a a, a Jekyll and Hyde performance from those two today. Yeah, uh, bring back Nick the Reese. I say um, no. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a uh, yeah. I, I I wonder if Danny Rick had contact early on because he he had pitted very early, um, and I don't. I gotta be honest. I didn't see where he pitted, but I know he pitted early because I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, hang on, you know he's. He went up from P19, then he was back in P19. So that that kind of, whenever he did P, that kind of curtailed his race. But the Sonoda hype train is is back. Um, you know, he, he, you know, he he he. Oh, there we are. Lap six. Thank you. Um, was when Danny Rick pitted. But yeah, Sonoda, blinking egg. Where did that come from? Um, you know, you know, people were saying you know, with Danny Rick coming in, you know, it's either going to be that Sonoda has to up his game or he's going to be out. Well, it looks like he's up his game because that was a hell of a performance today. Um, you know, strategy obviously helped, but we know that that Alpha Tari is not particularly quick. Um, and yeah, you, you know, in, in dry conditions where the, where all the teams had very limited running as we saw, it was a performance performance for the ages for Sonoda. I voted him for my driver of the day because in that Alpha Tari, you, you know, to, to get, get that result out of that car, Blinking well done, Yuki. And this is this is where Yuki's got a bit of the sort of like Lance Shoulder about him. It's like keep getting these kind of results, you know, where you sort of just fly under the radar and then people go, oh, hang on a bit. Now, you ended up, you know, you ended up with a point in the worst car on the grid kind of thing. You know, like when Stroll got a pole in 2020. And it's like, you know, keep that going. 
and you're doing the right thing and you you know you you'll you, you know people will talk you know, talk good it's when he does the stupid things you know like the silly accidents and this and that and and you know just spins and all the rest of it which he still needs to cut out and we're saying after three years or two and a half years so you know just it, if you he can just have more weekends like this he'll be all right but we do still need to see more well we need to see consistency never mind more consistency we need consistency full stop from him yeah it was uh just a very very odd performance overall and I, i've been a i've been uh, a big supporter of Yuki Snowder this season. I, I thought he's he's been driving very very well. Uh, I was a little worried that uh, it was just that uh, the yardstick was so low, but it's shown that it's clearly you know Daniel Ricciardo is no slouch, but he can go missing in races as well. So we've got a very small sample set at the moment. These two races were always going to be just get to the sun break and then see what happens after. So second half of the season, let's see what Snowder can do up against a revitalized, rested Daniel Ricciardo who's back in the back in the groove. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing that because I think that's that's going to give Alvatore something to to be interesting about in the second half of the season. But uh, a team next up that's uh, has been through the ringer this weekend, especially with with multiple sackings and and people leaving by mutual consent. And uh, but a, it seemed like a better weekend for Alpino, and 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 despite McLaren's woes, they've still lost ground in that fight for P5. But we saw some great overtaking from from Ocon and Gasly, and but. In the end, just that that one points position for for Gasly. What are they going to do the second half of the season? Are they going to try and develop, or are they now going to have to focus on twenty four? I think it's focus on twenty four. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that they can get. Like, you know, unless uh, unless McLaren is going to have shockers for the next ten races, um, I don't think there's going to be. Uh, there's not massive chance of them um, uh, catching up to McLaren. Um, you know, as we've said, um, all I can say is where the hell has this been? Um, that, that you know, it was, I'm so, I was so, so, I was, it was really great to see that, you know, Ocon, Ocon did a masterful job getting up to eighth place. Uh, you know, he started 14th on the grid, um, and he's done an absolutely brilliant job with the, the I think it's strategy that's got them there, but, um, absolutely brilliant. It's, uh, Gasly was not far off, um, being in the points as well, um, it, uh, what, uh, as you say, the the overtakes they were pulling, yeah, they're probably um, tire performance related, but it didn't matter. You know, they were still sending it around the outside of places that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be. Uh, you know, the, the the standard of racing at them is I, I don't know how they've, you know, it's like having a different different set of drivers. Um, you know, so they don't lose that in the next ten, sorry, in the next four weeks because. If they can come back and if they can p- keep bringing that more consistently, um, you know, <laughs> ironically enough, we probably wouldn't have be having the issues um, that that Alpine are currently facing uh, with with having you know having to make massive personnel changes. I mean, it's 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 come at the, the, the they've chosen a good sort of break point, I guess, to do them. Um, but I, I think it's a case of. You know, knuckle down over these next from now onwards. Uh, get get the car sorted and um, and and make sure your drivers are bringing that level of performance. Do whatever you can to repeat this because it's it, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you just optimize your performance, optimize your your package and your drivers, and and uh, and just get the most of what you can for each weekend. 
uh, that I think should be the, the target for the rest of the season and then focus fully on next season. But uh, we'll see what they do. I mean, whoever's steering that ship at the moment, I don't know, but uh, but it's been it's been listing for a while. So hopefully it can get some form of direction for the second half of the season and uh, and have a bit of competitiveness in that in that midfield. But Aston Martin up next, Tom, and a P9 for Stroll and a, a strong P5 for Alonso, though not quite the heights of the, the P2s and P3s that we had earlier in the season. Is this an important weekend for Aston Martin? Because they seem to have stemmed the flow a little bit. Yeah, you know, because the, the Alonso hype train is, is definitely in for major repairs at the minute, especially after he went out in the sprint. Um, but he's, um, you know, it's he, a good result for Aston Martin. Um, but, you know, given all the hype at the start of the season, you know, where people were saying, you know, oh, are they going to be the first team to take a win? You know, we thought maybe was Alonso going to take a pole position off, off him in Monaco and, you know, that kind of thing. That's not going to happen now. Um you know, Hamilton's only a point behind Alonso in the constructors for uh, sorry in the drivers for third. Um, Mercedes are sitting nicely in P two in the constructors. Uh, what they call Aston Martin's real battle is uh, with well, you know, Ferrari and McLaren for P four. Really, you could say, um, and you know, they're sort of hanging onto that one with with only one hand because. Stroll is like a kettlebell that's set a tape to their, you know, to their behind that's pulling them down. Um, that's a weird analogy. Um, but, you know, it's just, um, you know, they've just, they've sort of plateaued a bit. And apparently the changing compounds that came in, in, I want to say Silverstone, did, apparently haven't helped. Um, also, apparently upgrades that Aston Martin have brought in since the start of the season. I heard, I think on Sky, that they've counteracted some of the oversteeringness of the car, but it has made the car inherently understeery, um, which you know, which may sort of, you know, which may sort of like, you know, good to show why it's a bit, a bit slower in the corners and you know, just just sort of off the pace a bit. Also, you know, I, I think you know the rivals are definitely catching up. I wonder if Aston have got one eye on next year by now. Um, you know, because you know, because I think they've realised that they're sort of like roughly where they're going to be, um, and ultimately, if they get P three in the constructors, they still get more wins on all the time than if they were to be P two. So, yeah, they're they're sort of in like a weird, uh, they're sort of like in a weird like no man's land at the minute, um, you know, and it's very much the opposite of what Team Silverstone used to be. You know, obviously it's where they're based, you know. So if you look back, you know, their Force India racing point days. They always underachieved, uh, sorry, overachieved, and now, if anything, I think you could say they're possibly underachieving a bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking forward to the second half of the season for them. I think they're they're going to be. Uh, they, they need to bring up updates and uh, and and try and get back in that fight because at the moment it's just like you say, hanging on to. Hanging on to fourth is probably the uh, what the what the target is going to be, but you never know. With with Ferrari, they could well shoot themselves on the foot, but uh, they certainly seem to be the team in the ascendancy for that position at the moment. But we're going to talk about Lando Norris now, Owen. And uh, somehow on lap twelve, if you'd have told me that Lando Norris would be securing P seven despite two early pit stops and having absolutely no pace on those durable tires, I I would have. I, I would never have believed you. I was fully expecting that he was going to fit four, potentially five different compounds of tyre throughout the race, given when the rain was coming down, he'd already fitted all three dry sets. But those tyres he kept on till the end of the race, 27 laps on soft. 
So really the question is, was this race damage limitation for McLaren or was it a poorly executed weekend rescued by Lando Norris? Um, I don't, oh, I, I've completely forgotten the, the, uh, the result of the sprint, but I don't think it was that bad for, uh, for, for, for the McLarens. Oh, they did a fairly decent job, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot about a P2 yeah, for P2 Piastri. for Oscar. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they're, they're, less, the they're less said about the race result. Sorry. The Grand Prix result for him, the better. Obviously, he's basically not, in, uh, he's, he's the innocent party there. So as, there's nothing more that can be done, you know, and he, uh, it, I think he did as well as he could um, to get the, uh, to get the car uh, stopped in, in a decent place. So we didn't even have to throw a full safety car. Um, but as you say, coming back to Norris, I like, um, I think the first half of the race, it was, yeah, it was absolutely diabolical. Um, they just couldn't get the tyres to fire it to work. I don't, I, do, I don't know. They'll have to investigate that because that's worrying that nothing was working on those two tyres, on those first two tyres. Um, you know, he, could, he, just seemed, he just had absolutely no pace um, on the soft, uh, sorry, on the mediums and, uh, and the hards proved not much better. They just kind of, he sort of floated about it, it was really when the rain came uh well what little rain we had and uh and putting on those softs and and honestly doing a really good job because the deck looked so looked so high um particularly with uh drivers coming in on lap seven um for, to, to change those uh i think they've you know the, the the mclaren team have done a really good job there actually in the uh in the strategy at least to um to just go right this isn't working we'll put something else on um and they've made the best of it and uh and clearly it was a it was a, an amazing decision because obviously the medium runners there uh had significantly less grip and and uh we were just able to see some you know masterful driving um from norris to get to get back to where uh to where he probably should have been all race um it's it's uh, unfortunately that means it's you kind of think oh well what could he have done if he'd started on softs so yeah i think i think it's a good weekend uh, overall yeah, I think definitely a, uh, a damage limitation exercise there. But it just, you'd like you say, it does make you wonder if he'd have started on softs or if he'd have changed to the softs on, on lap five and then did another soft run later on in the race, fresher tyres instead of hanging on at the end. Maybe he could have been a bit further up, but I, I suspect potentially P7 was realistically the best that he could have hoped for, given that's where he started as well. Um, but moving on to Mercedes then, another good recovery from from George Russell, starting back a little bit further back and then climbing up to P6. Uh, pretty bad weekend overall in context for him, but a decent recovery. And Hamilton didn't quite have the pace for a podium. Second looking pretty likely for him. Um, How do you rate the weekend for, for them, Tom? Is it, um, yeah, it, it just it's very underwhelming, I would say, unspectacular. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one for Mercedes, you know, because uh, you know, Quali they you know, they um they didn't do great, you know, and then you know obviously we talked about everything in the sprint yesterday. Um, today it was just uh, it was it was a bit yeah it was just sort of like odd for them. They were just they didn't really they couldn't really take the fight to whoever was in front. You know, looking at Hamilton especially, he couldn't really take the fight to Leclerc, but also. You know, Alonso was so far back, he was able to to pit, uh, you know, on the end of lap 42 or, um, you know, or, or, or whatever lap it was to, to then take the fastest lap on the last lap, even on a set of mediums. So, you know, it, it was, it was odd, um, you know, in, in that sense. But, you, you know, to, the damage was sort of done in quality because we knew the Red Bull were going to be that far up the front. Um 
and it was just going to be a case of whoever was starting on, you know, starting on pole, you know, with you know with Max's penalty, um, you know, that they were going to be the sort of best of the rest. Um, because we knew Red Bull were going to be at the front. You know, the only question was, you know, were we going to have one or two of the Formula 1.25 cars on, on the podium? Because it would depend what Paris is. But Paris, for once, didn't actually completely bottle it. Um, and, and, you know, uh, you know, I, I do wonder if, if had it been one of the Mercs um, who started on pole, especially if it was Russell, um, Maybe they'd have held the lead a bit longer from Perez because you know we'll get into that in a, in a minute. But you know, you know, but you know, I thought Leclerc sort of rolled over a bit, um, and 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 let you know sort of let Perez through. I digress from 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 Mercedes. I hope that that sort of reference makes sense. Um, yeah, and then you know Russell worked his way back out through through the field because he because he committed two or two stops. Did a good good that did a good initial stint, but yeah, it was just a bit of a. You know, if they wanted to sort of really get a firm grasp on P2 in, in the constructors, with the sort of damage control that Aston Martin did today, they need a better weekend than that. And I do wonder if, I was going to say next week, but, you know, you know, God, we've got, you know, over a month now until the next race. <laughs> um, you know, I do wonder if in September they're going to struggle in um, Monza. I wonder if Mercedes might really struggle then to be honest yeah it's a, a bit of a bit of a frankenstein car as it's been described just various different concepts all thrown together so i think they're just trying to make the best of a bad car until the end of the year and and see where they end up but uh certainly seems to be doing okay and that's that's just a weird thing to describe mercedes as okay we're not used to that at all but uh we'll, we'll move on to what what uh what tom was touching on owain with with charles leclerc he gets a podium for ferrari today um, the only red non-Red Bull car to uh, to be anywhere near the front there certainly looked to be a stronger weekend. Five points off Aston Martin now, and uh, fifty points off Alonso in the championship championship load. Leclerc. So can can Leclerc move forwards from this? Can they have a better second half of the season? Um, I think I don't think so. They they seem to have becoming you know, being you know sort of on on the ascent um, in in terms of their their performances. Um, it's just, I I kind of don't know how to characterize it as a performance really from Leclerc because obviously you know he was on pole but he was on pole because as a result of uh, of Verstappen being um, uh, having that that grid penalty um, but he still did obviously did enough to get to get uh, a second place start um, sorry a second a second place in qualifying which then obviously gave him the pole in the race. Um, and then it was almost inevitable that he was going to be overtaken by Perez, um, just due to the straight line speed of the Red Bull. Um, I thought, I yeah, and it, and it seemed that they had they had a decent amount of pace. Um, you know, at time he, he sort of he could keep on top of Hamilton as well, um, which seemed decent enough. But yeah, I'm somehow I'm so I don't know how, but I'm disappointed in what he's done. Um, maybe it's just because Perez was um, uncharacteristically not bad um but uh yeah i just i i i'm i'm somehow disappointed but it is a it is objectively a better performance than normal so um yeah i just i, I they got to keep this going but i i this is i think for me it's the minimum that's acceptable for ferrari they should always be getting 
um, at least podiums. And it, and it was a decent drive from Leclerc, and it and it and it was because they got rid of the the mess ups that they normally have. Um, I, th I, you know, I think the biggest thing is if they get rid of the, the, the takeaway is if they can string together, not hampering themselves, they can pull up relatively decent performances, and I think that's what they've got to obviously being aim, aiming for. So there, there is still life at Ferrari. I just, I'm still somewhat underwhelmed by it. Yeah, I think maybe if that was a P3 and a P4, we'd probably be having a different conversation about Ferrari. And uh, it's just a fact, it's just the one car up there fighting because uh, Science decided to biff off a McLaren on turn one. But uh, we'll move on then to uh, to the Red Bulls then. So, I mean, what more can be said? 12 in a row this year, clean sweep for the first half of the season. Max coming through the field, uh, just 32 seconds ahead of Perez, of, of the, for, the, for the first non-Red Bull runner. And Perez still... Half a second a lap slower on average, even if you take out the fact that Max started the race later than Perez, given his grid position. Um, I'm going to come to both of you on this, but I'll come to you first, Tom. Just um, anything that hasn't been said about Red Bull so far? Not really. They're just utterly dominant at the minute. And, you know, as, as a Red Bull fan, I wouldn't mind a DNF or two for Max so that you know, we can see Perez having a scrap with someone. And maybe see a different winner. I've got to be honest. I'm getting quite bored of the Dutch national anthem now. Um, you know, I, I I turned off the podium ceremony even before it had happened. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I I want to see someone else win. Is you know, part of me wants to see a complete season clean sweep because that would be writing the history books. But I completely get why people will you know say, oh, you're going for the sport or the rest of it. But I'll just put it this way. This is how worse, you know, non-Merc fans felt from 2017 to 2020, especially sort of, you know, especially, you know, 2020 when it looked like Merc were going to wipe everything. So, you know, what, what goes around comes around, but also when a team gets this high up, there's only one way they can go, and that is down, and the onus is on the other teams to catch up. Yeah, uh, you can't blame Red Bull for for being better than everyone else. Absolutely. Um, so, and the fact they've done this as well with a reduced uh, wind tunnel time as well. So it's uh, you know even if you take out the fact that the cost cap breach and uh, that the they still had less because they were champions in uh, in twenty two. So they've they've done an absolutely phenomenal job, and it is absolutely on the other guys to catch up. So, I mean. Um, Tom didn't mention much about Perez's performance there, so I'll come to you to to stick the knife in if you want to, or indeed give praise. Um, you, you said earlier that he was not uh, not terrible, should we say? Uh, and um, but again, as I said, just still to finish a pit stop behind your teammate when you started five places ahead for me, that's not good enough. Is it good enough? Um, yeah, I apologise for the use of language there, but uh, I think it, it signifies my, my depth of feeling about Perez a lot of the time. This is a uncharacteristically good performance from Perez, bearing in mind bearing in mind he started second on the grid and clearly the fastest car. Um, you know, I got past almost immediately, um, and you know we we saw that I, I know that they're managing their tyres. Um, yeah, I know that they're managing their tyres, uh, particularly at the start of the race compared to the, the second half of the race, and that, you know, he, he would have had eight, over 80 kilos more fuel than Verstappen did um, when Verstappen was uh, having it out with uh, with um, Jean-Pierre Lambiassi, his race engineer. But um, it, 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 for me, it always comes back to, we've said it before at the start, uh, uh, earlier parts of the season when Perez has 
Um, with Paris is out front, sorry, when Paris is out front, I know it might not be his style or the way he likes to, or the way he races, uh, and clearly it's still okay for him uh, in that he's finished second, but he doesn't have the ability like Max to, um, to just pull away. And now maybe, maybe that's just the, 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 the depth of his talent and he's, and, and, and he's, that's the maximum he can do. Um, but Max Verstappen is clearly, you know, three time world championship material and, and we saw that you know just blowing the rest of the field away um over the rest of the race you know as you say pulling out half a second a lap on Perez on average even with a with a, a sixth place start um and and it's brought what you know it's just more of the same it's just continuing in the form that he's had uh, and it's meant that he's now on the cusp of uh I, I didn't really talk about this but um you know on on the on the Vettel era back in the previous era of uh, Red Bull dominance um you know, there's there's lower diminishing returns there, so don't worry. It will when the relation. Sorry, when the uh, when the regulations stay stable, um, gradually it will come back together, and that's going to happen even faster with the with the cost cap and the reduction in aero time. Um, but he's now on eight straight wins uh, in a single season, and that is going to. I can't see him, you know, coming back from the break and not extending it to ten. So it's it, like I say, it's a. I know I've gone a bit long with this, but it's a it's a brilliant performance by by them, and they're doing a great job. Um, at the, you know, smashing records in the way that every other previously dominant team has. Um, and you know, for them, obviously, long may it continue, but um, you know, it's it'll be nice, <laughs> it'd be nice to see something else, but uh, to see something else. But the racing was great, so what can we say? Yeah, no, um, echo that 100%. No, all uh, not much more you can say about Red Bull. Uh, the, the plaudits are plentiful and will remain so in the second half of the season i'm sure so um tom we'll come on to you what is your driver of the day for today uh i mentioned it earlier i'm going to say yuki Sonoda, you know because he was uh you know to, to, to get eight points in the alpha tari and you know yes you know, he lost a couple of places sort of late on kind of thing that you know that alpha tari is rough and you know he he did more than what you know uh, more, more than what he needed to 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 get you know to to get a point and a fully deserved point um so you know absolutely yuki my driver of the day yeah it's nice to to give it to someone down on the bottom end of points for a change um owain your choice yeah yeah i kind of alluded to it earlier but i thought um ocon did an absolutely outstanding job um to go from to go from as i say he started uh sorry was it uh 14th on the grid um and then Obviously, you know, picked up some vital points for Alpine. Um, oh, that it did, you know, it was so much, so much better than uh, anything he's done previously. Um, you know, long way that continue. Yeah, I think for me, it'd be difficult not to give it to Max Verstappen, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I think I will go with Max Verstappen, just given that, like that, that stint on the uh, on the second set of tyres on those on those medium tyres was just phenomenal. He had so much pace early on, and uh, despite taking a lot of life out of them kept them going to the end but uh, a definite honorable mention given that he did nothing wrong in his race and yet still managed to drag those tires out and get a brilliant points finish is lando norris for for p7 i think that deserves um if he'd have if he'd have made a mistake and ended up at the back and then recovered to seventh then absolutely i wouldn't have said that but um it's nothing he's done uh, it's the the team's decision to run that much downforce and uh, which made him a sitting duck in the straights so, uh, yeah, uh, no dry running at all up until the race, effectively. So uh, managed very, very well from him. So honourable mention. 
But if you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of those listeners that are not subscribed to the channel, why not subscribe now to ensure you never miss a show again? And don't forget to click the bell on YouTube to know when we're going live. We've got over 2,000 subscribers now, so thank you for your support. And please consider sharing us with a friend uh, to let them know what we do. Um, but speaking of that, is there anything that uh, that you would like to share, Tom? Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, go listen to Formula Talk. You can get everywhere. You get Grid Talk. I said the same thing yesterday. So, yeah, um, go listen to that. It's lit, as the kids say. <laughs> I've never heard you say that, and I never want to hear you say it again. And uh, I never will say it again. Fantastic. Oh, Ain, anything you would like to plug? Um, I'd like, uh, uh, not using the word lit. <laughs> I think the kids have stopped <laughs> saying that. <laughs> I am fully behind this. Absolutely. So, so, so 2020. Yeah. Oh, God. Just say 2020, Tom. Um, yeah. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Tom Horrocks F1 uh, and I'm on the Monkey Seat podcast as well, which is available in all the same places as uh, as Grid Talk. But lastly, before we go, all of us at Grid Talk would like to extend our gratitude to our founder, Jared, who is stepping away from Grid Talk after this weekend. He won't be drawn on his plans, but we believe that he's taking up the vacant role at Alpine. And Jared, if that is the case, let me be the first to say that we are very sorry and our deepest sympathies go out to you. Uh, none of us involved on this podcast would be here without your contribution. You've brought so many like-minded people together from literally every corner of the globe. And uh, you deserve to be incredibly proud of what you've created. So please don't be a stranger. We will miss you. But uh, that's it for us for today. But we will continue, even despite our, our founder, Jared, leaving us. Uh, but all our ratios do go out live on YouTube uh, straight after the event and our audio version We'll go up slightly later, which is available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cuss. And we also run a Patreon, so if you want to help us continue doing what we're doing, please consider donating to us. Everything that uh, you donate does go back into the show. Uh, we will be back at some point in the summer break, I'm sure, for our uh, our mid-season driver review. So uh, tune into that to hear me bagging on Perez. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we have a lovely summer, and we will see you soon. Goodbye.